Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Alex, and I have the honor to serve as the technical director here at Journey. This Sunday was message one of four in a new series entitled All In. We are in Matthew 9, zooming specifically in on 35 through 38. I'd like to welcome all of you that are listening to us today. We are so happy that you've decided to join us in for this conversation. If you've missed this week's message, you can check it out on the JCI app, YouTube, or the Journey website. People tune in every week to the podcast for practical ideas on growing in their faith, and today we hope to dive a little bit deeper into the spiritual concept of being all in. Our hope is that today you hear something that truly helps to activate your faith. Well, Pastor Christian, here we go. Here we go. People may be questioning, <laughs> who's this new voice, right? And asking, yep. where's Pastor Ryan? Yep. Well, he's currently on vacation spending some time with family. And actually, over the past few weeks, we've had a handful of other ministry team members take some time off, including you and I. Yep. So could you talk us through why rest is so important for our church, why we do it, and is there any application there for any anyone outside the church? Yeah, so that's, so that's a great question. Before I get to that question... Um, so welcome, welcome to this side of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Alex is our technical director, uh, and he is always either um, cutting the podcast and getting it ready to go, or he's overseeing the people that do. Um, are you nervous? Even though we're, I mean, like right. So you and I right now, like if people could yeah. watch the podcast, yeah. we're sitting in one of our nursery classrooms. It's a Wednesday afternoon. There's like toys right? everywhere. Yeah, right. pre- <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty casual. Yeah. But knowing knowing what we're doing. And the audience that we have, are you are you nervous yeah, at all? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So I, I also am one of the worship leaders, right? So yes, I, that's a, true. A lot of times I'm singing, but I'm singing someone else's content. So here I'm right. I'm making up questions and having yep. a dialogue and a conversation, which shouldn't be anything crazy, but because we do it every time we yep. see each other. But. Yeah, and it's good that you um, introduced yourself because a lot of people now will mm. na- a lot of people now will say, "I know who that is." Yeah. Alex, they might not know the name or the technical mm-hmm. director, but they think, "Okay, I know the I know the worship leader." There's there is. Um, the guy with the beard and the tattoos, <laughs> and then there's the guy with the beard and, and no, no tattoos. tattoos. You're the guy with yeah. the beard um, and no tattoos. So yeah, Pastor Ryan, not just on a family vacation, mm-hmm. he's with his wife on her birthday trip. Almost every year, he makes it a habit to go out of town with her on her birthday. Uh, I think Pastor Ryan and his wife, Heather, I'll talk about her even though it would embarrass her because I'm sure she doesn't listen to the podcast. So she'll probably, she'll probably never know. Um, I think Pastor Ryan does a really good job of loving his family. One, he's an incredible pastor. Yeah. Uh, Ryan is one of those guys who feels like that he's on 24 hours a day. He's not, but he feels like he's got so much relational capacity. Um, and he's got so much relational responsiveness that he just feels like the guy who's always available to everyone. And his family feels that too, that probably dad is always paying attention to other people. So I feel like Ryan has always done an incredible job of honoring his wife on her birthday, on their anniversary, of honoring his kids um, on their birthdays. He's done a really good job of being intentional in that. So one of our staff values is work hard, rest hard. Um, one of my favorite concepts in all of Scripture is the concept of the Sabbath. Mm. Um, the Sabbath was uh, was given to Adam and Eve. You know, people say, oh, you're not Jewish. You don't have to acknowledge the Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath was given to Adam and Eve. The, this concept of every seven days we rest and enjoy and be satisfied thousands of years before there was a nation of Israel or a Mosaic yeah. law. So it's not a it's not a Jewish thing. It's a people of God thing. And God builds rhythms into life. 
that we talk about them in our church, depart daily, withdraw weekly, quiet quarterly, abandon annually. And we just kind of looked at, at the schedule that God built into the rhythm of Old Testament life and uh, Jewish culture. The day started with sundown. Um, so there was, if you read Genesis chapter one, it says there was evening and there was morning. And that was like the first day. Mm-hmm. So literally, if you can, if you can picture the concept, the first thing, like if the next day starts when the sun sets, the first thing I do every day is stop working, have a meal with my family, enjoy time with my family, mm-hmm. sleep. And then once I've done the most important things, I go to work for the rest of the day. Yeah. It, you know, in our world, we get up, we go to work. And if work ever stops, we might <laughs> spend time with our family, have a meal, rest, um, and enjoy a little quiet time. That's a secondary response. Right. And usually we net work doesn't end. Mm-hmm. So we never get to that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we believe God every day builds in rest for the most important things, spiritual things, relational things, which are all weekly, this concept of the Sabbath God gives you every day, uh, a week, a day every week to just kind of lean in and, and look, look back on what has satisfied you spiritually and, and to get ready. Um, we don't just rest from something. We rest for something. Mm. The reality for those of you who are resting is you rest every seventh day because the next six um, hopefully you want to you want to give your all is working for the Lord, not for your bosses, not for the culture, not for the government. Like we work for the Lord. We rest every seventh day so that we can work the next six well, not just because we've worked the last six hard. So it's something that gets us ready. Uh, we quiet quarterly. Israel had three major feasts, spring, summer, fall, where they would literally rest for at least a week, the times right before harvest, right after harvest. And they had summer and fall harvest in the Mediterranean climate. So they would have almost once a quarter where they would kind of unplug as a family and just kind of plug in spiritually, unplug from life, plug in spiritually, and then abandon annually. Um, you know, mo- most Jewish people living in the Middle East would take up to a month off to travel to Jerusalem for the, for the festival of the Passover. Mm. Um, and they would spend a week there. So, uh, in our culture, most of us don't take a month off at a time, but we yeah. think there's, there's that one big time a year where, Hey, family just kind of pilgr- has a has a pilgrimage together. Whether we're taking a trip somewhere, it's a spiritual time of rest and togetherness that's very unique. So we believe that to do what God has called us to do, to be healthy, to be good husbands, to be good dads, to be good church members, to be good community members, that rest is really, really important. You can't work hard if you don't rest hard. Uh, so at our church, we we tell our staff, we want you to do both. When you're on, we want you to work like you're working for Jesus. And he should get more than you'd give everyone else. But when you're off, we want you to rest like you trust Jesus and you enjoy the things he's given you. So it's a big deal at our church. uh, And we are right now cycling through a season. Obviously, we're getting ready to move into a major push to move into the building. So we're resting on the front end, not the back end. We don't want to kill ourselves getting in the building and then have all of our staff take a month off when a thousand new people show up and we need to minister to them. So we say, let's rest before they get here. Let's before we move in, let's get ready. Let's take a really deep breath. Like if you've ever had a contest holding your breath underwater, seeing how far you could swim underwater, we're like, let's take as many deep breaths as we can. And then we're going to go under and we're going to push probably really, really hard till Easter. Mm. Um, so yeah, October has been a shifting month for a lot of our staff to rest a little bit so that we can get moved into that building late November, early December, invite our community, have Christmas and, uh, and be excited about yeah. the new families God's going to send us when we open up this building and start a new year of ministry. Yeah, and we truly believe that they're going to come. I do. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I have a hard time comprehending why God would give us seats that he doesn't intend to fill. Yeah. Yeah. We have more seats than people, 
every time that has happened, God has sent us people. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of ministry that needs to be done in our community. And that's really the, like, the point of this message is there's a lot of hurting people in our community that need Jesus. Mm. And right now we have no room for them. Yeah. So let's make, let's make room at the table mm. so that they can have a seat um, when they need to come sit down next to Jesus and, and get a little nourishment for their soul. That's good. Well, speaking of this message, let's go ahead and jump in. So we started a new mini-message series this week in our main series called Jesus People, but this one is specifically called All In. We've kind of talked about that already today. The series premise, um, Pastor Christian, that you referenced for us is to come to the full realization of what it means to be followers of Jesus who live on mission for Jesus. And spiritual realization number four is that it takes all of us to accomplish Jesus' mission. So what makes this time in Journey's history so important to talk about the concept of being spiritually all in? Like, why now? Well, one, it's where we are in the Bible, which is fascinating, because in 2018, um, I took a month in the summer to cast a three-year vision for our church, and I gave 2019, 2020, and 2021 a year based on a scripture that I thought would characterize the spirit that our church, specifically our staff, needed to have. And in 2018, not knowing what 2021 would have, I felt like after a year of resting a little bit in 2019, trying to catch our breath, in 2020, pushing again, that 2021 would be a, would be a year of all in. And this has been, I mean, in January, this is the theme verse I gave to our staff. Our, yeah. um, our key text for the year is Matthew 9, 35 through 38. We believe Jesus is coming to our town. We believe crowds are still called to Jesus. We believe the crowds need shepherds and the shepherds need helpers. That's going to be what this year is about. I had no idea I was going to be teaching through the book of Matthew for more than a year or that we would be in this exact text as we were moving into the building. But God did. God did in 2018. I didn't even know it in the spring of 2020 until I laid out my fall series. And I thought, holy cow, as only God could do, this is the last thing we're going to talk about before we open the doors of our building. I think it's so important at our at our church at this time to be all in. So I reference a song in, in my message on Sunday. Um, that I kind of sang with the people in a, you know, in a way that was was kind of comical. We closed the service with the song "Waymaker," yep. um, you know, that Jesus is a he's a waymaker, he's a miracle worker, he's a promise keeper. And then we went into that little bridge. He never stops. He never stops yep. working. He never stops. He never stops working. Yep. And then I cut it off and said, "Unless his people don't want to work." <laughs> yeah. And the reality is, like Jesus never stops mm-hmm. working, but he says in this text, "I need help." Yeah. Like there's more work than I can do. I need help. Yeah. So as we move into a time coming out of COVID in a community that is hurting, we gave the statistics of our community emotionally in a brand new building with, with an easy opportunity to bring people in a space where Jesus is going to call new people. You really can't sing that song. He never stops working unless you're willing to support that call. Like Jesus is like, hey, I got work to do, but I need some help. Two times in the book of Matthew, Jesus asked his disciples to pray for something the night before he was going to be crucified, and when he had too much work to do and he needed people to engage. We are in a place as a church where we have more work to do than workers. Mm. But if everyone is all in, we will look like the church is supposed to look like when new families come in. Um, Yeah, Jesus never stops working, but he needs workers to do his work. And that's what we're asking our congregation to acknowledge and to do so that the mission of Jesus can continue. The burden of the cross forced Jesus to ask his disciples to pray for him, and the burden of the church, the burden of the mission, and not having enough workers forced Jesus to tell his disciples, man, you got to pray for this. Pray for me, um, 
in the Garden of Gethsemane. Pray for workers in the the towns around Samaria where we know this was kind of set in John chapter 4. Man, there's just more work than workers. Pray for some workers. Mm. This is the time in our church where we're praying for workers and we're saying that Jesus people, they're all in. Jesus people are all in. It's what makes Jesus people and Jesus movement so unique. Everyone plays a part, and it's and it's a valuable part. Yeah. So in your message Sunday, you explained that Matthew was going to wrap up what we've been studying for a year now uh, with two things in Matthew 6, um, chapter 6 through 9, a summary and a statement. That summary being a fourfold look at the ministry of Jesus. We have teaching, preaching, healing, and helping. Could you unpack more of what that looks like today in our church and around the world? Yeah, so it looks the same today as it looked in Matthew 6. So Matthew gives these 10 miracles and then gives a summary of like, um, so like in in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus teaches Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 8 and 9, Jesus goes and does all this ministry. And at the end of Matthew 9, after Matthew giving 10 specific instances, he kind of said, and this is what he did everywhere. Like, it's yeah. like, I've, I can't tell every story. So you've heard 10 and like every town he went to, this is what he, this is what he did. Um, man, he taught, he proclaimed the kingdom. He healed people who were sick. Um, and he helped people who seemed helpless. The fourfold ministry of Jesus was taking people who had a spiritual mindset and directing them to the kingdom of God. That's the teaching part of it. I'm teaching religious people how to more clearly understand the mission of God in their life. Proclaiming the kingdom of God is taking irreligious people and inviting them in. So part of the ministry of Jesus is always teaching his followers. Another part of it is always calling those who are not his followers yet to follow him. Mm. The ministry of healing was the ministry of taking broken people and bringing very real physical and spiritual healing to them. It's interesting that almost all of the physical healing he did had a spiritual purpose or a spiritual result behind it. A woman who'd, who'd been bleeding for 12 years couldn't spiritually engage. His physical healing gave her spiritual healing. Um, you know, the man who was paralyzed and who couldn't walk. Jesus forgave his sin before he healed him of yeah. being paralyzed. Like there was always this spiritual healing that went along. So we still believe people need spiritual healing. Uh, so we talked about our care groups. We talked a little bit about our spiritual care room um, in our new building. We talked about that when Jesus people gather, hurting people should find healing. Um, and then, of course, the the helping ministry is... She said, I, looked for, I saw people who couldn't help themselves, and we said, let's go help them. And we talked about from our Thanksgiving food distribution center to our impact center to the things going on. We, we, go, we go and recognize that not everyone can help themselves and that we have to help those who are helpless. That was the ministry of Jesus. That is the ministry of Jesus. That should be the ministry of Jesus. This is what Jesus' people should be doing. Yeah. So this passage, Matthew 9, uh, 35 through 38, you already kind of referenced that our staff has been sitting here for the majority of the year, I think most of the year. I don't know when you started doing this in our staff meetings, but but we have been literally sitting in this for months. Every every staff meeting we've had. Yeah. So every every month we've gone through this verse. Yeah. There's something special about Jesus, um, and that is that, that, like you said earlier, he never stops working, but he does need workers to be a part of that harvest. So why is this important for our church and the church at large to understand this? And probably the better question is, what's at stake if Jesus' people don't go all in? Um, So because of the sovereignty of God and how we trust God, we believe God is going to do what God is going to do with or without us. Yet he he, he, he so graciously invites us into his process. 
And Jesus so clearly says here, like, you need to, you need to pray for workers. There's more work than workers, so pray that God will send workers into the harvest field. Um, I think what we do is we, we give people a, we give people less than a really good picture of Jesus' church, of his power, of his ministry, when we're not all in. So I close the, the sermon with, with, a, with just a picture of an experience I had several weeks ago in Raleigh, um, sitting in a hotel very early in the morning um, and, and seeing a dad carry his daughter down, who I just, I just realized that, like out of the corner of my eye, um, like he was carrying his little girl. But it, it just, something just seemed, I mean, just at a glance, something seemed off. I thought, man, she looks too old to be that little. She looks too little to be that old. Like one or the other, like he was carrying her like she was a baby, but her face looked older. But I thought there's no way she could be that old if she's that little. And I had like that passing thought, and then 10 minutes went by before he walked by me again, and I realized she didn't have any arms and legs. Oh, my gosh. So she probably was a 10 or 11 year old little girl that was the size of a three year old because her arms didn't extend past her shoulders and her legs didn't extend past her hips. And I thought, that's what the church looks like in so many areas. We unpack first Corinthians chapter 12, how every person in the church is a member of the body and the body only functions together like it's supposed to when everyone is all in. And when we're not in a lot of churches like ours, our face is going to look maybe mature when you drive by. But if you walk in and everyone's not doing their part, it's like, where's the hands? Where's the feet? Where's the arms? Where's the legs? Like something seems off about this church's exterior looks one way. And but the reality of it is is something different. I I think it's crucial for Jesus church to look like Jesus church. Everybody's got to be all in. And like if if you're a fingernail, be all in. And if you're an eyelash, be all in. And if you're an eyebrow, be all in. Like we talked about those parts of the body that don't seem to be valuable until you don't have them. And then you realize they like they were the most valuable, like figure out what parts you are and be all in. And I tell people, you say, well, I don't know that I'm that important in the church. Okay. Well, what part of your body right now could we take out? Because it's not that important. All of us would say like, I'd like all, I'd like to keep all of them. I like all the parts of my body working and functioning together. Well, that's how Jesus wants his church to function Mm. and for us to function well and be at our best and minister the way we're supposed to and for our body to match our face um like we've got it we've got to have everyone finding their part doing their part performing their function so jesus church can do everything that it's intended to do through us in this place at this time yeah and i think spiritual community is so important and scripture says that the body ministers to the body yep well for that to happen the body needs to be present right i think that's what you're saying needs to be present needs to be functioning needs to be healthy yeah, needs to be trained, needs to be equipped. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you already kind of referenced some some statistics that were rather discomforting um, when I heard them the first time, um, specifically about people that live in Kansas City. And I'd like to go ahead and reread those just in case anyone missed them. 71% of Kansas Cityans feel stressed. 62% of Kansas Cityans feel anxious. 53% of Kansas Cityans feel burned out. 47% feel lonely. 46% feel depressed. And this now is, let's stop right there yeah, because yeah. you said that the statistics were alarming. Mm-hmm. And if we stop there, they would be. Yeah. But you haven't read the last one yet. Yeah. And the last one is where they go from alarming to exciting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because I, I'm going to review those again, then I'll have you read the last one. Yeah, yeah. This is from a Barna research group. Mm-hmm. So this is a, I mean, this is great research. Yeah. In 2021 on Kansas City, mm-hmm. 71% stressed, 62% anxious, 53% burned out, 47% lonely, 46% depressed. What's the last statistic? That 60% believe that the church is equipped to care for and support their well-being. Yep. More than half of those think, I think the church can help me. Yeah. That is where alarming goes to exciting mm-hmm. if a church is willing yeah. and ready and everyone's all in and people are functioning. So in a world where, and I can't for a moment believe that Kansas City is the only right. one that exists where the first five are true, right? There's got to be many cities across our country and, and truly probably around the world that reflect numbers such as these. So what do these statistics tell you about our city, our culture, and our world today? And what kind of burden should we give a, should that give us as Jesus people that are all in? So I would I would bet our city's probably better than most, honestly. Certainly around the world. I mean, we live in such a wonderful country, and people who hate America just need to spend a year in like any other country in the world, and I think they'll appreciate more what what we have, even in the broken state of our country. Um, but there are there are a lot of cities and places that are that I think would be worse. Yeah. I think Christians need to wake up to the reality that this is their neighbors, this is their kids. Um, this is the this is their teammates mm. and they need to say these people who are hurting believe the church can help they know i go to church they're probably wondering why i haven't reached out yet mm. i think we need to feel responsible not burdened yeah. and i think we need to feel hopeful um i think we need to feel hopeful because i i think people will take advantage when when you're in this state stressed and anxious and burned out and lonely and depressed. When you're really thirsty, um, you'll accept water from like almost anybody. Hmm. And the psalmist said, like, as, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you. This is a picture of a city that's panting emotionally and hmm. spiritually. They don't know that they are panting for Jesus. Wow. But if But if we know we've got the cup of water that they're searching for, and six out of ten will take a drink if we give it to them. We need to figure out how to leverage the state of our city for the good of God's kingdom. And we need to put those things together. One, it'll be good for the person, and two, it'll be good for God's kingdom. And he told us to pray his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven, but part of what Jesus' people do is they realize where there's opportunity, and they, and they take advantage of that. Yeah, all week I've been uh, waiting to pull up Pastor Brandon. And I'm going to do it now and say that that's good. (laughs) (laughs) I've literally been waiting years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Man, if you've been on our property recently, you know that we're nearing the end of a very long and extensive building project. We currently plan on holding our Christmas services in that space at the end of the year. But this is not the first building project that we've been through as a church in our history. I'm curious, Pastor Christian, what about this project has felt the same as the last one and what has felt different? And what are you most excited for when it comes to 2022, a brand new year, being all in, doing ministry in this new building that God has just blessed us with? Oh, man, those are um, good questions. Uh, what's felt the same? The chaos of the last 90 days, the chaos of the transition from one place to another. It just kind of seems never ending and seems last minute and you like you hope you're going to hit everything. I think I have grown so much spiritually uh, in the last five years. I think I, I carried so much stress that people who had pledged would actually give without having to be harassed and worried that financially we were going to be in major, major trouble that I barely could sleep. I think God has given me trust in that. Not, um, I think God has just said like, listen, I, like 
this is my project. I'll take care of it. You just give the people the need and, yeah. and, um, I'll, I'll make sure it's taken care of. So I think I've learned to rest and trust in God there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea last time how many people would show up, but I remember when we opened our doors the first day and so many did, I thought we're in trouble. We did not, <laughs> we did not build a facility thinking that they would come. Mm-hmm. This time we have. This time we've built a facility thinking they will come, and I think we're I think we're ready for them now. Yeah. Um, we lit- you know a, ch- a church is a uh, a church is a spiritual family who's inviting people to come in and have fellowship with you. It would be like um, you having Thanksgiving dinner and having ten chairs around a table and having fifty people show up. You got to figure out like who gets to who gets to sit. This time we've got hundreds of chairs around the table and we're willing to have empty chairs and extra food so that everyone gets a seat and no one goes hungry. And I think the fulfillment that that gives me in my heart to know that our building is ready to minister to all the new people. The question is, is, are our people ready to minister to new people? Our building is ready to minister to more kids than we've ever had. Do we have enough people to minister to kids? Our building is ready to welcome more people and more entries than we've ever had before. Is our guest services ministry ready for that? Our parking lot is going to be ready for more cars than we've ever had before. But will there be people in those parking lots smiling and waving to people? Um, Like our auditorium is going to seat more people than it's ever sat before, but are we going to have ushers to like seat them and help take care of them? So it's, it's now not a building issue for me. The, Mm. I don't want to say the worry, but the reality is uh, the building is ready for the people or the people yeah. ready for the people. And, th- and that's, I think, how God has uniquely designed this series to help our people see that and say, oh, I, you know, I can help. Yeah. And we need workers. Right? Yeah, we need we, workers. We need everybody all yep. in. That's yep. the whole point of this whole thing that yep. you're going through. Pastor Christian, I've got one more bonus question for you. And I, I'd just like you to take a moment to speak directly to those who have not been back to, on our property since COVID began, which, gosh, what, how many months have since what, last March? Over 18, yeah. Golly. What would you say to the person of the family that still is a bit skeptical of the return? One, we miss you. Yeah. And if we can do anything for you where you are, please let us know. I hope you've been able to continue in digital ministry and feel attached to the heart and spirit and direction of our church, even if you're not here in person. Um, but secondly, I would say to those who have begun to live their life publicly, um, come back to church. Hmm. Come back to church. Danielle and I were talking about two families today on, we had a staff outing today in independence. And as we were driving, Danielle was talking about two families that she talked to who've not been back to church in a really, really long time. And both of them said the exact same thing, separate of each other. And Alex, I've now heard this from dozens and dozens of people when it was like, Hey, when are you going to come back to church? It was like, you know, we've actually been talking about that and no, we need to. And we just haven't gotten around to it. And probably all we needed like was a phone, like was a phone call. Um, one of them actually said our kids walked in our room Sunday and we're like, when are we going to, when will you take us to church again? Um, so I understand the hesitancy and we don't want anyone to do anything that would make them uncomfortable. The new building is going to allow you to be in such a bigger space than the tight space that, uh, that we have now. The kids ministry is going to be so spaced out. Um, but man, I, I would just say we love you. We miss you. Um, and if what you need is just a personal invite to finally get motivated to come back, here's me personally inviting you. Come back. Come come and be a part of our church. Probably December 19th, we're going to be opening that new building. Um, so if, if not before then, then certainly then come back. Help us celebrate, but reengage in what God is doing in our community through Journey by, by being a part of our church in person and a part of our community in person on Sunday mornings. 
That's so good, Pastor Christian. Thank you so much just for the opportunity to host. You did a great job, Alex. Today. Like, it, yeah, if I, if I had everyone give you a round of applause, they oh, would. Man. We should um, like play one of those. Yeah, yeah, we should. Really yeah, we should ones. do one of those. But yeah, you did a you did a great job, and I appreciate having the conversation with you today. Thank you, thank you, and thank you for listening today. If this is your first time to the Activate Podcast, welcome. We're so happy that you joined us, and we hope that you heard some biblical insights and ways to truly activate your faith. If you happen to find yourself in the Kansas City area, come see us in person. Um, and if you're listening from outside the Kansas City area, you can tune in every week to our services online. We would love to hear how God is working in your life. You can email us any of your questions or comments um, to activate at takethejourney.cc. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.